0: Clumpers, welcome to episode three of The Clump. This is Ewan from Glasgow, Scotland.
1: This is Shryman from Baltimore. This is
2: John from Washington, D.C. And this is Duper from Brooklyn.
0: (laughs) Thanks. So, yeah, welcome back to The Clump. Uh, It's a lovely Sunday. For me, it's the afternoon, but for the rest of you, it's all in the morning. Um, And we are ready to get back into talking about what's happening in music and what's happening in the music world in general. Um, just some updates on last episode, uh, we want to thank JREV for coming in and covering for Dupler, uh, since uh, Dupler was unfortunately unable to make it. Uh, how are you since 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 um, the last time we spoke, Dupler, how have you been?
3: Well, the fans have been asking me a lot of questions in my DMs, you know, my Twitter's blowing up. The cornea's okay. I did get blinded for a few days, but we're here. My students made fun of me and pretended that I was a pirate, so we're okay.
0: No, we we kind of did the same, um, but we did miss you. But, but thanks again for JREV for covering. Um, in fact, in some ways he was a better host, but we are back with Dupler uh, this time round and we're looking forward to getting some games. Um, what I will say, we'll just get this out of the way. Uh, in terms of uh, updates and stuff from us, um, you can find us on social media. We actually now have an Instagram account, which I which I started up a couple of days ago. Um, you can find us all on uh, it's at, at twitter and facebook uh, instagram it's at the clump pod and then you can find us on facebook i think it's the same username but you can just search the clump and you can find us on there and we also have an email address so it's the clump pod at protonmail.com we'll put all of this in the the notes uh, at the end of the show uh just wherever you're looking at your wherever getting a podcast you can see a list of all the things that we talk about on this show and yeah that's pretty much all the updates that we have for this week um but i believe john you've got some things you want to talk about and sort of start off as a wee icebreaker.
2: yeah i feel like we keep recording on weeks or weeks after something terrible happens (laughs) <laughs> so, again, we're going to talk about another death with uh, DMX. Um, passed away at 50. He was in um, a vegetative state for a while before. I believe it was a drug overdose, which is really tragic, knowing how much he's been through. Um, I saw in Brooklyn, they had a huge celebration. Duplo, did you see anything of that? With um, There was like his casket on a monster truck and everyone on so, uh, bikes.
3: I was actually... By the Barclays Center, and that's downtown Brooklyn for anyone who's not familiar. And there was a whole bunch of motorbike riders um, doing wheelies on the street. And then all of a sudden, there was a monster truck in downtown Brooklyn. I did not get too close because I was a little confused as to what was going on. Um, (laughs) But I did... Looking back at the article, I read an article about it, and they were like, Oh, DMX's coffin was on that. So I could say I saw DMX before he went to the hood, where the hood at,
2: so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a great celebration of his life from people who his music was significant to, um, fitting sort of blowout for him. And Yeah, it sucks to see him go. He was a huge figure in rap music. I, after he passed away, went back through and listened to, um, I'm so bad at album names, but, um,
3: The one with the dog on it?
2: Not the one with the dog on it. It's dark and hell is hot and the flesh of my blood, blood of my blood of my blood and both of those great albums. And there was an interesting JPEG Mafia thread on Twitter after he passed away where JPEG was sort of calling out fake fans um, who were saying, oh, rest in peace DMX, who didn't really mean a lot to him. And JPEG Mafia was just saying he had a lot of the same abuse issues growing up as DMX, which is what made his music especially impactful for him, opposed to the average Joe who might be faking sympathy for clout but yeah. I thought it was an interesting take on the, a very personal relation that he had to DMX. And now I can see that in his music to an extent. So he'll live on through that.
3: I was just going to say, what artists do you think have been influenced by DMX? Because I he was one of the most talented and most notorious rappers of the 90s and early 2000s for sure. But where do you guys see his influences? Now that I've, yeah,
2: now since reading that thread with JPEG Mafia, I really see how he comes through with a lot of aggression. Um, But, you know, present like using their trauma, not using, but perhaps um, re-focusing that negative energy
1: into an outlet like music. So I'll have to go with JPEG. I was going to say that uh, DMX influence kind of like spans throughout all of the rap world uh even outside the rap world to an extent because he he showed he could be vulnerable and angry at the same time and proved you don't have to kind of like close yourself in to get your fans to uh influence others so i think people like like x um ski mask or really really anybody who can show their vulnerability and also st- like show their anger at the same time that they've all been influenced by DMX.
0: Yeah, and I also think, given quite a lot of his sound, especially in that uh, it's it's dark and and hell is hot album, there's a lot of like horrorcore elements to it. Where you can see, you know, obviously Eminem was running around the same time as DMX at that point, but you know, you can see a lot of what Eminem do- did. I imagine that he had listened to DMX's music and you know wanted to apply that to his own songs and um, you probably say the same about a lot of industrial hip-hop a lot of experimental hip-hop would come from dmx's background because it is very dark stuff that he talks about on quite a lot of tracks and i, I would also just like to say uh that unfortunately dmx's death was kind of overshadowed here in the uk um by the death of <laughs> <laughs> the man the myth the legend prince philip i've um put a link in the chat i want you guys all to to click and have a look at it um basically um bbc before you guys watch the video here's the context so bbc radio dance um decided that they would announce the death of uh, prince philip in what is quite possibly the most hilarious and most inappropriate way possible so just watch. Just watch the video. I mean, we, me, and my girlfriend's dad, um, Graham, we provided a bit more context, a bit more visual representation of what might have happened when people were listening to BBC Radio Dance. But um, we'll link, not the video, but we'll link the uh, the clip that BBC Radio Dance uh, put out um, in the show notes as well. But if you guys want to check out the video now, the links in the chat.
1: Are you no serious? Way. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible! Wow, That
2: it is like it, no it's nothing following that up.
3: So they just played music like to for kill. Sophie. Like what? Like I get it
1: if that's like for Sophie's death. Like like she would have wanted it that way. But I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> that's the second awesome. we heard about it, we were like, like right, we need to do a video to give some sort of visual representation of what it must have been like if you were like jamming along to BBC Radio Dance. It was it was incredible. It was such a
2: great moment. Excited to announce that I bought my first concert tickets for post COVID. Let's go! A ticket to see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
3: Wow, October
2: twenty fourth. So, where are they performing? The Anthem in DC, and I'm trying to remember if I great saw venue. them at the nine thirty club or the Anthem before. I've seen them once before in concert, and they were sick. I think since then, they've dropped one of their drummers or they left to do something different. So it'll just be one drummer, but they have quite a large band. So I'm excited. Um, I have my second shot next weekend. So hopefully by then we'll be at Herd Immunity. It's Really hard to envision what October, especially the end of October, might look Mm. like. So curious if anyone else has any plans like that on the horizon.
1: I do. I do. I got a I got I got tickets to Bonnaroo in the early September. I'm stoked for that. Um, Our podcast favorite woman will be there. uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, oh, yeah. Among numerous others, but she, she, I'm also, she
0: who shall not be named.
1: Yeah. Um, but I'm also trying to get a ticket to a Rina Sawayama show in either DC or Philadelphia. But those are
0: tough to come. Oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. She's great. I actually saw I saw her NPR Tiny Desk concert recently, and oh my god, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, she killed so, it.
0: Her going back into gigs would be a great thing.
1: Chosen Family with Elton John. She can't miss these days.
0: Now, I think a lot of people will be a bit, I don't know, a bit wary about what we're going to talk about because it involves economics and no one enjoys economics. Nobody understands economics in any way. But uh, Shryman, I believe you've got a a topic for us to discuss.
1: Yeah, so we thought it would be a fun conversation piece to talk about NFTs. Uh, For any listeners who don't know (laughs) what NFTs are, they are a non-fungible token. Uh, which more or less means people make unique, uh, like it could be art, it could be physical property, it could be really anything. Um, And it's unique and can't be replaced with anything else. So I thought it would be a fun way to start this conversation with the little game. I'm going to pull a little dupler here. It'll be a quick little game. It'll be the classic, I ask a question, you guys give your answer, whoever gets it right wins. Um, so I'll just start it off with the first question and it's going to be, I'm going to say what the NFT that this person made was, and then you'll have to guess who made it. Easy enough, right?
3: I'm going to win. Yeah, I'm no, going to win. good. Probably. They're all
1: relatively famous ones, but the first one's the easiest. And the question is, what influential individual created his first song as an NFT that is about NFTs?
3: Give us five seconds to think. All
1: right, Pringle. I'm gonna say Apex Twin. That is incorrect. Oh, I know this. We need the J Rev soundboard. <laughs> Shit.
2: I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess.
1: Is it Lil Nas X? That is incorrect. It? it is Kings of Leon. That is also mm-hmm. incorrect.
3: Dang, I've tried to buy a Kings of Leon album on an NFT site. <laughs> should we go? Should we go
1: round two, or should I just <laughs> no, give the answer? No, just give the answer. Let's hit let's us with it. it. Yeah. So this influential individual is Elon Musk. Oh duh. Elon. duh. I was thinking that, but I and was The like, song is not very good. <laughs> I gave it a listen. It's about what you would expect it to be. I, I,
0: does he does he sing on it? Yeah. It was Grimes. Grimes on it. is
1: not on it, but I'm sure she had her influence.
0: But but does he sing on it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Jesus. Must be terrible.
1: All right. Question number 2. What controversial artist has created a marketplace of NFTs, including a collection of trading cards of him or herself?
3: Paris Hilton. Incorrect. She does have a line of NFTs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she has trading cards or not. No, she doesn't have trading cards, but I thought she did. Travis Scott. Incorrect. I wouldn't say
1: Travis is inf- uh, that controversial. Kanye. That's incorrect. The answer <laughs> is Lil Pump. Really? <laughs> yeah. Lil Pump himself. All right. Last this is the last one, uh, I I hope somebody would get it. But what rapper sold a painting of the logo of this shit show of an event? So the event itself for the rapper. Oh, uh, the the rapper. But bonus points if you get the event too.
3: What time? What era was the event in? Like, it was within the it was within the last 10 years okay that helps narrow it down there i'm gonna go with it's like you have to decide like who's who's hip to like technology and also who had a crazy show i think i guess when now, i
1: say this was a shit show of an event this is arguably like the shit show of all the events
0: these shit show. I, I think I've got, got it. it. I think I've got it. All right. All right. I think
1: everybody may have it. Who want- Say, say both at the same time. Three, <laughs> two, one. Jar rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Firefest. fest.
3: Okay. I like yeah.
1: Dupler, you lose. <laughs> nah, 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 I, I had it. I had it too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but rule. rule sold a painting of the logo of Fire Festival. Don't remember how much exactly it sold for, but it definitely was in the millions. Oh my
0: God. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Yeah.
1: All right, but that's that's the game I got going. So I, I want to pass it off to you guys see what your thoughts are on NFTs.
3: So I've done a lot of research in the past, like two weeks into NFTs, I guess two or three weeks since, you know, I'm a big daily listener. If anyone's a daily listener out there, they had an episode on it. Um, and I've bought a few. I think my big thing is that, well, I'll tell you guys what I've bought. I bought a Zion Williamson Slam first edition one where it's just a trading card, basically. like It's the cover of Slam, the high school basketball one. And it was worth point one seven seven Ether when I bought it. It's now worth 0.188 Ether. And NFTs are mostly sold with Ether-based wallets. For anyone who's into this stuff, it's pretty easy to set up. You just have to have a wallet, um, a digital wallet. I also bought a thick Jigglypuff, which is a play on Pokemon. And it just has all <laughs> every single Pokemon with a fat ass. Just like amazing. I bought it at 0.05 Ether, so for about $20, $25. My it's last NFT is DMX. It's the it's dark in hell. It's dark and is hot in hell. Um, and it's a video clip of him riding a motorcycle behind the album cover and magazine. And it has music into it. So those are my three NFTs for about a total of three hundred fifty bucks. Um, hopefully, Jesus Christ. Hopefully, they turn into really cool investments that I could sell for more money. But the weird thing that I'm sure you guys have been thinking about with NFTs is like, what is this market? Like who who's out there buying because it's like mostly like just like scribble art and pixel art and different artists like making original pieces of art covers or whatever for their albums. Or for the events, as you said, Tryman with the fire Fest and stuff. But I'm interested to know what you guys think about NFTs and where you think they'll go.
0: Well, it's just when I, when you were talking about it, it's like now you were talking about how it was originally creators just plugging their stuff on as an NFT. It's now kind of gotten into the scale of you've got full companies actually going ahead and like you've got uh, I think it was NBA the NBA Top Shot, which is basically like as an NFT you can actually get um, certain video clips of like specific footage so if someone did like a really good shot they would have like an NFT for the video file for that. Um, They also you know you had big artists now promoting themselves as an NFT like Aphex Twin as an example uh, and Kings of Leon obviously. NFTs have sort of become this now massive talking point um and yeah i understand Diplo. that you sort of bought ones that are <laughs> particularly interesting uh, kind of <laughs> unique um but i would say <laughs> it's not something that i particularly find to be a, a an, an effective way of of having like a piece of art why when i was looking into it myself so the whole idea of an nft is that you aren't given the specific art so for example if you bought an nft uh, for an album you don't actually get the album in itself you get a certificate to say that you have this you have that piece of whatever they're selling um, and whether that be a link to like the album I download it etc and but you don't actually have ownership of it you have ownership of the certificate but you don't have ownership of the art in which that certificate links to so if you were to buy the new kings leon album you couldn't necessarily if you then used one of their songs in a sample for example they can still sue you because you haven't got ownership of that and you didn't get get clearance for it even though you bought the nft for it um this is actually, I got all this information, well, most of my information from a really interesting video from a guy called Ben Jordan. I'll link the video and his YouTube channel into the show notes and also anything that we talk about here, um, any sources and links that we have, we'll put into the show notes uh, of this of, of this episode. But Ben Jordan, he's a producer uh, of electronic and ambient style music. And what he found was when it came to NFTs and spe- specifically with uh, the Ethereum, Ethereum blockchain, I found generates a huge amount of energy um, just from the sheer amount of things like transactions and minting. He actually found that the amount of energy made in a transaction to mint and sell an NFT is roughly the equivalent of him running his house for a month. Wow. Yeah.
2: I knew it was energy intensive, I didn't know it was that energy intensive.
0: I mean, it depends. It depends on what your setup is. So you have like GPUs set up to mine and do calculations to mine these cryptocurrencies that can then be used to generate Ether or Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever kind of cryptocurrency you're running. And that requires a lot of energy. You need to have like a room full of GPUs to sort of match up to sort of some of the the big mining rigs that people have. It's literally a room full of GPUs. It is ridiculous.
3: There is. There is a crypto that's um, anti like minting I I guess that's the terminology mm-hmm. but I forget what it's called I'll I'll get it I'll get the link for the notes but it's it's basically like a carbon neutral uh, crypto um, which is which I think is a cool pushback. I think it's called Cardono Cardono and okay and it's it's a dollar fourteen on coinbase right now. Um, compared to bitcoin which is fifty thousand dollars right now um and if you're interested in helping the environment and also getting into crypto that could be a good way
0: yeah uh, it's just i think i think what's happening just now is a lot of people are jumping onto this nft bandwagon very quickly without actually knowing about it exactly yeah knowing about it and I understand that there is uh, an interest for it. I just don't particularly see how this, a lot of people market it as, oh, it's benefiting the artist. You're taking out the the, the middleman um, and just giving more to the artist through this method. I, I fail to see how that is the case when in fact, you know. Apex Twin says, I'm going to put an NFT on Ethereum and I'm going to plant a bunch of trees. And actually the amount of trees that he'd probably have to plant would not nearly be enough based on the energy that it takes for all the people that bought his album through, through Ethereum that it generates. So I think there's a lot of people just now thinking we have this new technology. We're going to go absolutely apeshit with it. And we're just going to face the consequences of it later without actually acknowledging that there is an issue in the first place. So I would say if you are looking into NFTs, please do your research into it and don't get bogged down with uh, all the just the weird jargon that people apply to it. It, Even NFT non-fungible token, people don't even know what the word fungible means. I didn't know what the word fungible means until I had it.
1: I still don't know what the word fungible means. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think
1: uh, th- Shryman, so ben,
3: you don't know a lot of words though.
0: I look, I'm I'm saying if
1: you guys just <laughs> like went off about all those tokens like what it all means cryptocurrency, I don't know a thing you guys were just talking about.
0: We we hope you enjoyed um, <laughs> this very <laughs> <laughs> this very interesting section of the confusing podcast. section if you managed to get through this part yeah very confusing section but well done for for sticking with us um now i believe i
3: think it's game time i think it's game time right now I think the the fans have been waiting eagerly for this moment. J-Rev tried to steal my thunder with an interesting game he had, but this time we have a societal game. So in recent events, we are a global podcast, and in recent events, uh, there was almost a Super League that had happened in football, as the Brits across the (laughs) other side of the pond call it. Um, For those of you who don't watch soccer, which... Is the better name, of course. Um, for those of you who don't watch football, there was a. Shriman, you can correct me, or Pringle, you can correct me. I think there was about twelve teams, twelve to fifteen teams that were going to join up: Real Madrid, mm-hmm. Barcelona, some from the Champions League, a bunch of the big time teams that make billions of dollars every single year. And speaking about exploiting people, they wanted to exploit the wealth and collect more wealth by coming together as a super league. So. That that folded because people were pissed about the traditions and the Brits hate change in general.
0: Well, but it's on hiatus. But I don't imagine. I imagine they'll be trying again and again. They're going to do try again thing. and
3: again. But right now, it's taken a a backseat. It's not going to happen because everyone doesn't want it. But it's, it's the game bullshit. is the game is to come up with the theme music one song for the theme music for this super league you have to you have one minute to pick a song that would be the most villainous tune possible because these billionaires want to accumulate more wealth and hurt the working class people like brad webb of britain (laughs) (laughs) so so right now you have one minute i feel like i'm a teacher again shout out to brad webb uh, you have one minute to pick your most villainous song and we will let the people of the internet, maybe NFTers, maybe not decide. Okay,
2: I had a hard time coming up with an evil tune, so instead I'm going to go with Money, Money, Money by ABBA. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I guess that's the most no shade to ABBA. Love them, but they made a song about it. That's what the league's about, so if they want to spin it positively, I feel like they should use that song.
3: Amazing personal opinion. Amazing John Shay Prangles Shryman, what do you got?
0: Well, I was going to say. um <laughs> Speaking of money, I was actually thinking about you know Shane McMahon from uh, WWE. Yes, his yeah. uh, his theme tune. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Just that playing That's over awesome. and over again as 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 they open up and it's just pictures of footballers like getting checks from from the owners. Um, but yeah, just Shane McMahon, here yes. comes the money. His, I can uh, his see that. I can theme. see that. <laughs> Trimer, what do you got? All
3: right, we
1: went we went different routes on this one. You guys both went money. I went. Um, this is them giving a middle finger to everybody in the world. Um, I picked canceled by slow tie. Because there, that song pretty Jesus. much just says you can't cancel me. <laughs> God's
0: sake! <laughs> well, right, I'm I'm writing these awful. down for reference, okay? Because uh, we need to have a vote. Make we need the, to uh, have a vote. So yeah, and 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 on Twitter and Facebook and potentially Instagram, um, you can vote for one of us three to win. Um, preferably if you if you pick if you don't pick John Shea's one, that would be ideal.
3: John Shea always wins, so don't vote for John Shea. I, I won so yeah I won the last, the last episode. Oh I I did hear that Jero told me.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks very much for that Duplore. Uh, we're looking forward to another game soon. We're going to move on to our next section. Uh this is our geography corner. Now, we did start kind of the geography corner we started it last time when john Shea talked about melbourne but we we kind of went away from that halfway through the conversation i think it was just because dj rev was on and we just completely shook up what, what was going to be <laughs> happening but we're fine wild card yeah a wild card pretty much so we're going to start doing geography corner f- properly this time round and uh our first city that we're going to talk about typically geography corner we're going to talk maybe about a specific city or an area Anywhere in the world and talk about the music that came out of it or just the general scene from that city or area or whatever. And I'm very proud to say that this this first city we're doing is a Scottish city. I don't even think it was me that suggested it. It could have been me. I don't think it was though. I think it was John that suggested it.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, um so we're gonna do the city of Edinburgh. Um, the glorious capital of 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 my great nation uh, of Scotland. We're going to do the city of Edinburgh, which actually I don't really like as a city, but we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that later on. Um, but yeah, I think we're want to just talk about the Edinburgh music scene in general, the artists have sort of come out of that, but also just what Edinburgh means to music and to culture in general. So I'll I'll, I'll make a start on it because obviously. Being a Scottish person myself, in case you didn't know already, um, I do have some knowledge about my about the city of Edinburgh. I only go to Edinburgh roughly two times a year, and even then, I'm I'm pushing it. I go for two things. I go for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is undoubtedly one of the biggest festivals in the world when it comes to culture, music, drama, art, etc. Um, and then I also go for the Christmas Festival because actually uh, all the fairs and stuff that are set around Christmas time are actually really entertaining. But other than that, Edinburgh as a city is completely barren of anything Music-wise, you can think of at this point in time. I imagine, I, looking at my research, there were a few big acts that would come to 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 Edinburgh. Uh, the Usher Hall hosted the Eurovision Song Contest back in the seventies, I believe, um, but is now is now mostly like a, a classical music venue. Um, I think some pop artists come to perform there, but really edinburgh for me is not a city where i would think to go to if i was like oh i want to go to a really good gig uh where should i go oh edinburgh yeah it's not it's not something that people would generally say most people even from edinburgh would actually say oh i really want to go to a gig let's see what's happening in glasgow (laughs) (laughs) because it takes it's like an hour it's like a 45 minute train to get to glasgow uh glasgow has way more venues that are you know packed through every night and. It's just, I don't know, it's a more accessible city to people. That's sort of my two cents on it. Although I will say, once we get into the artists that actually come from Edinburgh, there are a few artists there that I really do like. Um, but even then, they do sort of slap, they don't really play in Edinburgh a lot of the time, uh, including one example, which we'll get to. But I want to know from you guys, your American perspective on the city, what you've managed to find out, and your opinions on the history of music within Edinburgh.
2: So I went to Edinburgh for a few days, and I was wandering around the city looking for things to do, and I stumbled into this tiny record store that I found now on Google Maps called Backbeat Records. And it looked like something out of a hoarder's TV show. With <laughs> it was The aisles were narrow enough just for one person to walk through, and there was no organization method at all. It was just piles upon piles of records. So when I went, I didn't really know what I had in mind. I went to the shopkeep and I asked him, "Do you have any pavement? Do you have any whatever?" And he was just like, "What? I can't be fucking ours to like help you look for <laughs> some music, for all the stuff." And he gave me this binder and said yeah, if anything's worth more than 50 pounds, then I sell it on eBay. And so, he told me to look through this huge binder full of music, and if there's anything in there, he could help. But when I I asked for Pavement, for example, he said, oh, that's American band. Why would I ever have an American band? And then he went <laughs> on to say he only stocks originals, and that he's so pissed off people coming in and asking for reprints or whatever. So now that I'm reading their reviews on Google, Mm -hmm. it's hysterical because it does put it into perspective that, you know, a lot of people like it, they just have to go in there knowing what they want. But then one person said, really patronizing unpleasant guy who doesn't listen. He's too busy talking about what he knows, but assumes his clients know nothing at all, which is kind of how I felt going in. So... That was my main musical experience with Edinburgh.
0: They're 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 pretentious people. We we don't we don't like to speak <laughs> about them that much. Yeah, John got um, it firsthand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your your poor soul. You went there. I remember you you went there after you came to visit me. Um, and you yeah. were looking for a deep fried Mars bar. Did you manage to find it?
2: Yeah, I had a deep fried Mars bar. It was honestly
0: delicious. It was so good.
1: Shryman, what's your
0: what's your sort of views on the city? Yeah.
1: So I. Had no views of the city until we decided to talk about it. Um, I knew nothing about it. I didn't know any bands that were there, at least like at the top of my head. Um, so when I was doing my research, I stumbled upon a Reddit article um, about this American who was going to uh, college
0: in Edinburgh
1: for a year. And he it looks like he was doing his research. Did and
0: you just just, say Edinburgh? I really hope you were joking when you said. Jesus Edinburgh.
3: Christ. <laughs> Edinburgh. Edinburgh, no,
0: please, please stop. Edinburgh, <laughs> Edinburgh.
3: Jesus, striving <Shryman>. <laughs> Right, let
1: me restart. Cut that. Cut that. Cut say, that. No, I
0: Edinburgh. will not cut this. Edinburgh. Is, this is cut not that. being cut. cut that. I will be. I will be repeating you saying Edinburgh this whole time. Now, anytime you say <laughs> that's Edinburgh, the, from that's here the on
3: episode then. title. Now,
0: Edinburgh. Yeah. All
3: right, bet. <laughs> so,
1: cut that. I'll restart. Yeah,
0: sure.
3: Um,
1: so I stumbled <laughs> upon this Reddit article about this American who was uh going to college in Edinburgh and he um he he was disheartened to find out that there like really isn't a music scene there at all and not very many venues playing music and it's just comment after comment of people who either live there who have traveled there who who have like spent a good amount of their lives in the uh city and just have seen it go from a city that had like a, a small but passionate fan base for music just to really nothing at all. And what you said earlier, uh, Pringle, about people going to Glasgow for all the music uh, that is made very clear in this article, or I guess this thread um, that that that's really how it is these days. You don't go to uh, Edinburgh for the music. you you will go elsewhere for it.
3: I know that the clash aren't from Edinburgh, but my uncle who's real into music and has gone to over 1,400 shows throughout his 64-year-old life um, has seen The Clash in 1970-something, 78, he was talking to me about it in Edinburgh, and he said it's one of the best shows he's ever seen. So I think that in like the 70s, when it like wasn't fancy, schmancy, from what that record guy, John sounded like, it it sounds like it used to have its own sound. He basically summed up the show in Edinburgh in 1977 or 78 as just a disgustingly sweaty sound of rock. Like he, he just really remembers that it was like really sweaty. Um, And I think the clash playing there a bunch is cool. I don't know who else is from there or who's performed there, but I know that that show I looked up to see if it was on YouTube. It's not, but there is audio from there and it just sounds like in the seventies, it was a reckless place. And then it kind of got gentrified or fancied up a little bit.
1: There's a one artist I want to shout out from the, from the uh, town. It, isn't the one I know there there are two that I know of, and one of them I assume John will be talking about shortly. So I'll let him talk about them. Um the one I want to shout out is Dot Allison. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know who she is, but she has a wonderful voice, a wonderful, like dreamy Elizabeth Frazier-esque voice, and was part of this group called One Dove that um dropped one album and then had like label disputes and broke up after that one album um, but the album's called morning dove white and it is a gorgeous trip hop um, just like our 10 minute long ride with great songwriting great vocals great instrumentation and it's definitely like i would recommend it to really anybody who likes cocked out twins or portis head or that kind of scene
0: nice i've not i've not heard of dolls and either so it's not on like
1: apple music or spotify or anything it's kind of fallen off the face of the earth but you can find it on youtube and it, it's great
0: nice
2: yeah i was gonna say uh my my band is boards of canada i as i've said before love ambient bands. yeah so all of their albums are incredible i haven't listened to their new peel sessions that warp did um, but I know the Flying Lotus and Aphex Twin from stuff from Warp with the peel sessions was really good, so I should go into that. Um Geo Gotti is really an eerie album. I think I was reading reviews of it and someone summed it up well. It's more than the sum of its parts, like each of the songs itself is good and a little unsettling, but when you sit and you listen to the whole thing, it's like quite an experience. And then Music Has the Right to Children is sort of the prototypical ambient album, in my opinion, of how do we toe the line between IDM and ambient and like sound collage. So I've definitely spent a lot of time listening to them and it was cool to see the place where they came from.
0: Dipler, you want to get any artist suggestions in there?
3: I didn't do my research. I just have my uncle's story but listen to the clash if you don't if you'd never listen to the clash
0: <laughs> welcome to this welcome to this section about edinburgh listen to the clash who are definitely not from edinburgh <laughs> no no yeah enough. but
3: they're a band who played there once so <laughs> no that's Be- fair. better than anything
0: i will say i, I will I, I will say i did have a good experience um going to see black midi uh, at the liquid rooms in edinburgh um they were you absolutely- saw black midi there dude yeah absolutely yeah it's great
3: oh my god they're such a fun
1: band and they just drop a single
0: yeah john l and i think there's a b-side to that that's not going to be an album what i would like to recommend as well a bunch of artists from there i'm just going to list them off just now without going into too much detail but katie Tunstall. one thing i will say about her look up her performance on jules holland's show uh black horse and the cherry tree if you want to see a good use of loop pedaling before Ed Sheeran decided he was going to gentrify that shit. Listen to Katie Tan still do that song on a loop pedal, it is phenomenal. I also recommend the Bay City Rollers just on the sheer fact that they were almost as big as the Beatles at one point. Um and that's that's not me saying that that was a bunch of people saying that Um i don't particularly have much affin- like affiliation with them i don't really know like much of their tunes apart from shangalang uh which is pretty much a novelty song at this point but bay city rollers like them up and um, shirley manson from the band garbage is from edinburgh um wild are on here i don't know much about Idlewild, wild but if you want to listen to some i think they're like off rock kind of band then go ahead listen to them but also young fathers who originated from Edinburgh, as well?
3: Yes. Yeah, I was about to say that. If you didn't. great, great group. I've seen them in New Orleans twice.
0: Uh, Luis Capaldi is actually just outside of Edinburgh. He, he was he was born just outside of Edinburgh. Listen, listen, mate. Don't 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 bug on Luis Capaldi. Uh,
1: I do not like his sound, man. I don't like him at all. He's a worse Ed Sheeran in my eyes, and that's like, that's when you know.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, thanks guys for for <laughs> for looking into the the grand city of Edinburgh. Edinburgh only good for two times of the year. That is when the Edinburgh French Festival is playing and when it's Christmas. All
3: right, I got a game. I got our second game. Um, recently, I think Wednesday was the fifth anniversary of Prince's death. all um, right I showed my I sh- R.I.P. to the legend. I showed my students a bunch of his music because they're young and they need to be culturized. But right now we're going to play a little game, which is, I guess this doesn't, it doesn't work because they can't see us on the pod, but we could still act it out. So I'm going to play a song Pringle. If you can give me the share, share screen. I'm going to play a song by Prince from any of his albums. He has over 15, I think, but some of them are trash. um, I'm going to play some of his most famous songs from like 1999, Controversy, Dirty Mind, and Purple Rain. But your job is to say the first word that pops into your head after hearing the chorus. So, I think I think the reason for this game is that Prince is such an icon and he makes people feel so many different moods and can be a singer, or an artist for any diff- type of setting. I just wanted to see where our brains were at on this hungover Sunday morning. So first one is my favorite print song ever. Um, just either type it in the chat or you guys can just go one by one with the first word that popped into your head when we get to the chorus. Alrighty, that was just a glimpse. What is the first word that popped into your mind? Pringle, we're going to start with you since you're the Brit. Warm. Warm. John? Synthesizers. Triman? Extravagant.
0: Extravagant.
3: Alright, we got warm, synthesizers, and extravagant. Okay. Alright, next one. We got two more. Alright, we're gonna go reverse order. Shryman, John Pringle. Can I
1: say two words, or is
3: it just one? Sure, you're breaking the rules, but sure. Making love. Alright, John. Intimate. Intimate? Jesus, my spelling is terrible. Pringle? Sexual. Okay. Why'd you say it like that?
0: Because that's the only way to say it. Because it's
3: sexy. (laughs) And the last one is his most famous song. Oh.
1: First we should hard. just listen to
3: the whole yeah, song. Yeah, we should just close out with this song, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm playing, I'm playing. But hold up. Uh, Pringle John Shryman, after Purple Rain, what are you feeling? Emotional. Emotional. Icon.
1: Perfection.
3: Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So I have their words right now. I'm going to read them off from all three rounds. Warm, synthesizers extravagant, making love intimate sexual, emotional icon perfection. For the next podcast, I'm going to come up with some theme and we're going to listen to another Prince song that has all of these things. So there is no winner. You know, we're not in a capitalist society for everything we do. There's not always one winner. This was a collaboration to recognize Prince. And if you're out there, listen to Prince. He's the GOAT. Please do. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on this collaboration next time.
0: And if people want to say Michael Jackson was better, get the fuck out get of the here. Get the fuck out of here. The Michael Jackson nowhere. is
3: trash compared to Prince. Michael
1: Jackson is great, but Prince is top five all time.
0: God, you, you got to respect the artist, man. And Prince is just, oh.
1: Prince played every instrument there is. Yeah, watch a Super Bowl halftime show, and that's all you need to know. Ooh, that's yeah. a good good idea. All right, so we're we're at that moment where everybody will give their recommendation of the week. Uh, let's start it out with Dupler.
3: All right, this week I've been listening to a lot of old jazz, a lot of I guess Prince esque music. I think this person does a pretty good job of the modern Prince sound. Arlo Parks her album, Collapse in Sunbeams. I don't know if we've talked about it on here or if you guys have listened to it much, but...
0: I think we talked about it in the pilot. Yeah, the one we didn't
1: release. That was my rec, that first one.
3: All right, well, listen to this album, Arlo Parks, Collapse in Sunbeams. It's gotten me through a lot of these shitty quarantine days where you're just sitting there and don't know what to do, and it's encouraged me to go outside. So it's a good like, feeling album. I wouldn't say it's like a perfect album in any way, but she's getting there. And I think I can't wait to see her perform this live.
1: John, you want to go next?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, My rec of the week is something I listened to a few times while I was gone. This past week was the entertainment death by spirit of the beehive. Um, I had heard a few songs before, but it's really eerie. A lot of noise and buzzing. Um, But they come together for some really catchy choruses that just have me revisiting that album a lot. Um, They sort of blend between shoegazy almost in my mind. So uh, really an interesting sound that keeps me coming back.
1: Nice, I don't know that. I'll definitely have to check that one out.
0: Yeah, you and you wanna go next? I think I've actually found both my Song of the Year and Album of the Year. Um, definitely Contenders uh, over the, uh, since the last episode. So, Song of the Year Damn. Contender, I wanna shout uh, the rapper Quadeca with the song Sisyphus. It is, without a doubt, one of the best songs of this year. It is incredible. I don't, I don't wanna to say too much about it because you need to listen to it. It is just, it's a four and a half to five minute, just like, epic tune uh, and my album of the year potentially is an album called ultra pop it's by a, a, a band called the armed now the armed are this uh hardcore punk collective from detroit i believe um but nobody really knows who the members are they they keep themselves very discreet um, they misdirect people about who's in the band and they actually change up a lot of the members half of the time but their latest album, Ultra Pop, is fucking phenomenal it is a noise rock and pop album um, that features a lot of heavy, heavy guitars, but there's a lot of pop structures to it. Some of the tunes that have come out of this album have just stuck in my head over and over again, and I just keep coming back to this album. It's less than 40 minutes long. This this is phenomenal. Again, it's, it's the same as the Quad Echo one. I was absolutely blown away from the first listen. I just keep going back to it.
1: Yeah, and I've been seeing things about that album everywhere, and I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it's definitely on my list
0: it's pitchforks baby it is they fucking love this album
1: yeah no it's definitely on my list um but uh that kind of leads into my wreck of the week um one of my favorite rappers on the planet just dropped her first single for her upcoming album and it is currently my song of the year uh introvert by little sims yes if you have not heard little sims at all give great area a listen this album was my number two album of 2019, only behind uh, NFR by Lana Del Rey. But nowadays, honestly, I listen to Lil Sims more. So I could use a little update, but every song on this album shows a different side of Sims from her swagger on offense to her anger on Boss, aggression on Venom, the coolness of 101 FM. Everything is just so smooth and so well thought out on this. Her lyrics are on par with Kendrick and Andre. Her flow is up there as one of the best in the game, and I personally think she is the best female rapper on in the on the planet.
0: Cool. Thanks very much, guys, for your recs of the week. If you want to listen to these recs, just have a look in the show notes. Um, we'll show you our list of what we picked in, and you can stream them wherever you get your music from. Um, but thanks very much for listening to episode three of the Clump. Um, as I said at the start, we're on Facebook twitter and now instagram just search the clump or at the clump pod to find us on social media and we'll be back soon with another episode and again we're on and off about when we're recording episodes so just keep an eye out on social media and we will be back hopefully very soon with some more about music
3: have some great lessons out there clumpers
0: Bye. bye bye